0: Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good
3: afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions this afternoon. Uh, Phone lines are wide open. I'm looking at the lines right now. They're wide open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000 is the number, taking your calls and your questions and learning on what needs to be... uh, What's the Lord want to tell us today? That's really the way the show is. It is a Bible answer show, yes. We will answer questions using the Scriptures, yes. But really, we're wanting to be open to the Holy Spirit. There's more than just a question and answer. It's what is God doing, and what does He want to accomplish? And so it's very unlike some of the other shows that might be out there that are very uh, answer-based, and here's the question and here's the answer, what's the next caller? But rather, we want to be ministry-minded, and we, we desire a, a biblical Q&A show, ministry-minded, where you can talk to a pastor at length uh, and be able to talk through some things. Of course, some things are too much for radio, uh, and uh, we, we will remind you to do that, to talk to your pastor at your church, of course. But um, it's just a glorious time where we get to talk about the things of the Lord together, uh, just open to what the Holy Spirit wants. 303 690 is the number. 303 690 That's the number to get on the air. And if you want to text me, uh, we had a great time last time, last Thursday— where we were doing date night ideas. We had 15 minutes left and 15 minutes, I said we could get 15 suggestions in 15 minutes and we got like 60 suggestions and we just started reading them off one by one. Really good, great ideas of what the Lord was giving uh, in giving us to, to think about what a date night is. We don't go clubbing anymore or partying anymore. What can we do? So thank you guys for all participating. Uh, That was fun. We'll have to do something like that again. 303-690-3000 and text me 720-336-0897. We're going to be launching a brand new book tonight, studying. If you've never studied a book of the Bible from chapter 1, verse 1, all the way to the end, you're going to get your chance as a part of our gathering tonight here at Calvary Church. We're going to start studying the book of First Peter. and such a relevant book for our times. Uh, it might be a little surprising to some of what God's counsel is for those under great persecution, great governmental persecution. Uh, let's move away from opinions and feelings, and let's move into what God says in His word. And First Peter was written to a hassled, scattered group of people. That we're living under the time of Nero, Uh, and just consider uh, this isn't today. We're going to be introduced to uh, Peter, but uh, we'll be introduced to the book a little bit later. But consider uh, what uh, what is going on around. I want you to come out. I want you to tune in for this. I want you to be online. You got to be a part of this. It's time. It's time to get back to church. It's time to get back into the Word. It's time to get back into prayer. Uh, COVID is. Has, it's run its course in terms of, of, of how it's affected us. I know it's still out there. I know we still have restrictions. They're all very unfortunate, but they, they, they may have created bad habits. And so let's get back some good habits. Check this out. Rome was burned in AD 64. Nero was, likely, was the likely suspect. Alive to his danger, he sought for a convenient scapegoat and found one in the infant church. He accused the Christians of starting the blaze. By the time it was quenched, the fire had resulted in the virtual destruction destruction of three of 14 districts into which the city was divided. Nero launched a fearful persecution of the church. The center of the persecution was Rome, but just as the fire had spread, so the flames of persecution spread. Even some of the nearer provinces were likely places of danger. Both Peter and Paul seem to have perished during this time. In A.D. sixty-seven, war broke out with the Jews, a war that would end finally in the demise of the Jewish state. Nero committed suicide in A.D. sixty-eight, at the end of at the age of thirty-two, in the fourteenth year of his reign. Peter's first epistle seems to have been written sometime before or between 64 and 67, between the outbreak of the Christian persecution and the outbreak of the Jewish war. Peter felt the peril and suffering of the times. The world was changing. Old landmarks were being removed. Christianity was in crisis. Peter had some things to say because he was one of the Lord's first four disciples. And he had many marvelous memories, so he reaches for his pen. That, my friends, is the beginning of the study of 1 Peter. And we start tonight looking at Peter himself. So good. Man, I'm excited. It's been 15 years since I taught uh, Peter. So uh, it's time. Uh, The Lord led us here. We just finished um, Daniel, Uh, finished nine weeks, 10 weeks on understanding the times, plus the rest of the book of Daniel. powerful stuff. So 303-690-3000, text me, three, uh, text me at 720-336-0897. We're going to start right off in line one in Longmont, Colorado. Crystal, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're welcome. What's, what's going on? You're on the air.
2: Um, my question today, Pastor, is um, I don't know where in the Bible it says this, but I am aware that it it indicates what we sow here on earth, we will also reap in heaven. And my question is, if there's also no marriage in heaven, um, will I know my ex-husband? If I do get married again here on earth, will I know then that husband, and will I know my mom, and just other family members, where does it Where does it end, or what does that look like?
3: That's a great question. Uh, Yes, the answer is the simple answer to your question is yes. You will have more knowledge in heaven, not less uh, than you have here. Uh, You'll have perfect knowledge in heaven uh, in the eternal state, not the not the imperfect knowledge that you have here. So those key important relationships in your life in Christ continue eternally. Now, the question would be, if my friend or loved one was unsaved, would I also know them or know their absence? I believe the answer to that is also yes. Uh, We have an example of Jesus teaching uh, when he was teaching about the rich man and Lazarus, the rich man who, in his eternal state, was living eternally separate from God in a place known as torments. Uh, He knew about his brothers, and he knew at the time that his brothers weren't saved. So the answer is yes, you will know all of the people that you love, uh, that you care, and with those that died in Christ, you'll actually even spend eternity with them.
2: Mm, Amen. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for um, answering to your call and uh, preaching, because it has absolutely changed my life.
3: Uh. Praise the Lord for that. Crystal, that's encouraging. Thank you. Amen. All right. And we'll talk I'll be to you later. tonight. All right. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Uh, Gavin in Centennial, Colorado. Gavin, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Pastor. How are you doing?
3: Good, man. What's up?
1: So I have this friend. He, I've I've known him uh, probably most of my life, and he's he's really struggling with um, depression, and um, he's he's had some suicidal thoughts. But he, I've I've really seen him turn his life around, and he's he's really learning a lot of great things. And I've I've just been trying to tell him that Jesus is the way to to really transform. But he, he has, like, this, this wall of disbelief, and there's, there's a lot of worldly knowledge about Christianity that he's drawing on. And yes. I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what I could say to him. Well, I, that, think, that...
3: I think that you continue along the same path as being a good friend to him, because the way you describe this, he needs a friend like you. Uh, he needs someone that can physically tangibly care for him, be there for him, be available to him, uh, hang out with him, talk with him, all the things you're doing. And because you're a believer, you're a follower of Christ, you're not going to be able to just ignore things and not answer with an with an encouraging word or with a biblical text. And so you want to keep doing that. Um, however, yeah. I do know that because he has, because you say he's drawing on a lot of things, you know, negative about Christianity and a lot of things that are in his mind, you have a tremendous opportunity to live out in a practical way the things he doesn't believe. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I and, think so.
3: And I don't want you to be so intimidated by his sarcasm, by his criticism, by his really, I think, you know, not knowing him, but understanding a little bit of what depression does what discouragement does probably a lot of what you're experiencing is just defensiveness you know of self protective defensiveness because if he engages with you on christianity then that's one more thing he's going to lose You know, if he if you're right and he's wrong, when then that's one. You know, when you're already down, when you're already bummed out, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, and you're thinking I'm such an idiot, and now my friends tell me I'm an idiot because I believe in the wrong things. I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying that's how he feels. um, That he's going to put a defensiveness up there, and so you're going to be very careful as you have been to be a friend to him, to encourage him, uh, to be a living example. He knows the truth, so it's not like every time you meet that you need to. Um, that you need to rehearse that, but you can put resources in his hands. If you email me, I'll send you a couple of links that you can pick up some real good books on depression uh, and discouragement that maybe you could read first and then give to him as a gift. Or, you know, th- so you're just gonna have to be creative to try to patiently and carefully get around his defenses. Okay. But it makes sense yeah. he's defensive, right? It makes sense he's hurting. Uh, if he's got suicidal thoughts, then you know he's also thinking there's no way out of his current situation, but yeah. but every time you show up, every time you get to talk to him, there's a little bit of hope. He may not admit it, but there's a little bit of hope where for the moment you're sowing seeds of truth into his heart, you're serving him, uh, and you know you, you're not going to back down on your convictions. It's just... Learning how to deliver it in such a way where he'll receive it, and he won't be, you know, so mad at you or defensive. But your friendship is like you're ninety percent of the way there because he knows you care for him.
1: Yeah. And then it, this, I I really like what you just said. Um, that that brings me to my second point. He he really um, stands on the belief of like works alone will get you into heaven okay and and he said he's telling me like i just i just got to live my best life now yes and and he thinks that if if being your best person isn't isn't good enough to get into heaven then you know what's the point of believing in heaven or or stuff like that so and i've i've done i've done a little research in in the scriptures about how faith without works is dead You know, works without faith is dead. And what do you have? Do you have some, some insight in that regard?
3: I, I do because he he's adapting a real common philosophy of uh, good people make it to heaven. Um, the problem with a thought like that, and and I don't know where he's ready to hear this, um, but there the problem is who measures good. Uh, how how whose definition of good and you know if it's if it is if it is a a sense where i'm going to live my best life well who's to say and and these are questions that i would want to talk to him about who's to say that you did live your best life who's to say that what about your worst day how does your worst day fit with your best life uh and and who are you answering to? Like, if heaven is a real place, and we can get him to agree with that, then who rules heaven? Who defines the rules for heaven? Like, like you know, and it, depending how close you are, you know, um, you uh, it, again, depending on how close of a friend you are, I'd probably do something like this. I'd walk over to him and I, I try to put my hand in his front pocket and take his money. And he's like, "What are you doing? You know?" And he'd probably be really weird. And you can't put my hand, your hands in my. Yeah, but but w- why can't I put my hands in your pocket? Because that's my pocket, and that's my money. And you're like, "Yeah, you're right." It, so so you make the rules for your pants because I could put pocket, my hands in my pockets, and I know it's kind of weird, but you want to you want to get it off topic, right? You want it to be funny. You want it to be weird because he's already ready for all the specific you know arguments. And you're like, well, why can't I just put, why can't I take your money? Um, Why can't I put my hands in your pockets? I can put my hands in my pockets. He goes, well, that's stupid. It's my pockets. Exactly. So you know that because it's your pockets, you make the rules for your pockets. So if heaven is real, who makes the rules for heaven? You can't have a thousand rules because your best day compared to whose best day. And you know, that's the route you want to take. You want to show him that he's making heaven something that he himself isn't even living. Huh? He's not okay. even living the way he thinks God lives, because I'm sure he's not going to. Does he? Is he a roommate, or does he have his own house?
1: He um he was um, with his parents.
3: So you know he, he you you can't just go into his parents' house and drink the milk from the carton. Like right. go go ahead and try it. Say hey, let's go in. I'm gonna drink your parents' milk with the carton, and uh, hopefully he won't say sure. I do it all the time. No, he'd say no way, dude. That's my mom's milk. Yeah, but who's who makes the rule? If it's your mo-? and the whole point is this: if the milk belongs to mom, then she can make the rules, and you and I can't change her rules. That's the whole point. We do that all day, every day, and if heaven is real and God is the overseer and ruler of heaven, then he makes the rules. And the rules are how we enter in. And so if he made the rules, and we know he did, he said he did, then he told us how. It's not our best life now. It's not good people. Because we could never be good enough. The requirement of God for heaven is perfection. Yeah. And that's why we're—and and even the point on a theological basis, the fact that we are acknowledging our imperf- our imperfections is is driving us to look to the one who is perfect, the one that substituted his life on our behalf, the one that sacrificed his life so that we could be forgiven, and it's actually a part of the big plan of God. It wasn't a— it wasn't a last minute idea of god this was the eternal plan of god but you know the thing about your friend is is that he's probably super smart and you after a conversation kind of walk away thinking oh i didn't make any progress he didn't listen to me he was oh, yeah. and don't think that because if you shared the truth with him you've planted seeds of the gospel in his heart and even if you're not the one to enjoy the change remember the bible says some people plant some people water, but God gives the increase. And And even as you walk away, you're just like, man, I, I didn't make any difference in that guy's life. No, you made a huge difference besides the fact that you're still friends. Uh, he still likes hanging out with you, even though he knows who you are. And he's testing all his theories out on you, and eventually he's going to run out of them.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> okay.
3: So yeah. try it. Try. Are you guys really close friends? Yeah, we are. Yeah, so ask him, do you have any money in your pocket? Yeah, I got a couple bucks. Walk over there, try to put your hands in his front pocket and take his money and see what he does. (laughs) I suspect he's not going to let you do it. Just because it's weird, but also because it's his money. Right. He could respond a lot of ways. If you want money, bro, I'd give it to you. I'm your friend. He could respond that way. He could say, get your hand out of my pocket. What kind of weirdo are you? He could respond that way. But any way he responds, he would say it would be proving the point that that's his money. And he's the one that tells you what to do with his money. Right. And he lives that way. You know, again thousand times but the, let me speak one last thing to the suicide part. Take him seriously when he says it, please. Um, every time he says it. even if you feel like maybe he wants attention or anything don't don't worry about that. take it serious. Um, call the suicide hotline today and ask them for advice. go to their website and be equipped so that you can speak t- words of life into into your friend. On this topic because it's very serious yeah and you know if he mentions it again ask him if he if he has a plan ask him if he's written out a note you know because if he's very far ahead we need to get extra help for him yeah and because we want him we his his life is valuable even when you know because when you live on your own it's hard enough I have not been suicidal before in that sense but I have had thoughts that it would be better. I'd be, it would be better if I wasn't here or I'd, I'd love to be in heaven right now. Right. And, right. and I have been hopeless. I mean, I have been deep, dark pit before, but I, I haven't been to the place that far. So, yeah. holler, I've served a lot of people that have been that far. And, and even though your friend doesn't see value in his life the way he's living it now, we know that. His he's valuable. We know that he has a friend that loves him, a parents that love him, and he's yeah. he's important. So I would just encourage, and that's for everyone listening too, that that we take that very, very seriously and not be afraid to speak to it. I think sometimes we're all afraid and we don't know what to do. Just speak right to it, just as the friend that you are and say, So tell me what why are you suicidal? And let him talk it out. Cause sometimes just talking it out, it's like I think I'm such an idiot. Well, bro, I've known you for a long time, man. I know you're not an idiot. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or you know, I just feel like nobody loves me. And you're like, yeah. Sometimes I feel like that too. But but man, you and I've been friends so long. Like I I love you, man. As a man to man, I love you. I love you as a friend. I'm glad God brought you into my. Like, don't be afraid to speak and draw out from Him the things that are making Him feel bad, so you can speak truth to Him because it will benefit him, I promise you.
1: Yeah, thank, thank you so much, Pastor.
3: You're I've, welcome, Gavin.
1: I've, I've been listening to your program for quite a while now, and I this is the first time I've called in, and the the things that I hear you guys talk about is just really encouraging.
3: Oh man, so, you're encouraging. I think you, you encouraged me. a lot of people today. We all need friends like Gavin. God bless you, man, all right. well, bye-bye. I'm honored bye bye 3036903000 and isn't that especially with covid and everything going on how much uh we want friends like gavin and we need to be friends um we we want friends like gavin we need to be friends like gavin 3036903000 uh text me 720336 Zero eight nine seven. We're heading all the way to Baltimore. Uh, Chris, welcome to the program.
4: Hi, how you doing, Pastor Ed?
3: I'm okay. What's up?
4: Uh, well, I have got uh, to want some direction and some answers. Um, so, my father was murdered long ago, back in June of '97, and I'm having, as you can imagine, difficulty forgiving that person. Yes. Um, so, <clears throat> what kind of concerns me is. It, is in the Lord's Prayer it says, you know, "Forgive us our sins, as as we forgive those who trespass against us." And yes. again, I guess I'm wondering your take on how much how much do you think God requires of me on this?
3: Well, first of all, let me say I'm very sorry about your dad. Um, you know, it's how old were you? Uh, late twenties. You know, it's never. It's it's never um, easy to lose a dad or a mom or a child, and it makes it even more complicated and difficult when it was an in, when there was an injustice uh, involved, especially like murder. So I'm very sorry uh, that you lost your dad, and it it gives you a layer of challenges um, that that you're obviously living with, and now many years later you're dealing with. Uh, the first part of the answer would be I. I take God at his word. And I, I take the, the you know, when a verse seems to be heavy uh, or heavier, I don't want to minimize it because of my experiences. I want to embrace it. Like, you know, it's like anything. Uh, when we're faced with a challenge, we have the opportunity to be lifted up to a new level or we have the opportunity to resist the work of God and stay down. And so God has obviously brought you to a place today right now of all the times before uh he's brought you to this moment right now where you're wrestling with um the reality of what the bible says and where your heart is right now and i believe that i believe that when we talk about forgiveness there is a uh, forgiveness that you and i can give physically mentally an act of obedience and I believe that, that that type of forgiveness can be even enhanced by the agape love of God, like it's something that God gives to us that we wouldn't have any other way. For example, uh, you know, we're driving around and somebody cuts us off on the road, and instead of getting mad, we just kind of speak to them in our car, it's okay, you're probably in a hurry, I forgive you. That, that's something that we can do, that's something that we quickly make a decision of, I don't think there's much agape love necessary uh, in that. Uh, It's just, hey, uh, you didn't hurt me very bad. I'm not going to hold it against you and, and then move on. But there are things like you're experiencing that require a surrender in our lives to release someone from the debt that they owe you. And unfortunately, this debt that is owed to you is very priceless it's the life of your dad and and as you battle your feelings and emotions uh, you're coming to the term you're probably coming to the question maybe I don't forgive him or maybe you don't like maybe you're still in a place where you even verbalize I'll never forgive him Um, you know the part of that's probably a response to pain but part of it, certainly when we get to a place like that, is a response of rebellion. Because we think of what God has forgiven us, and we receive the forgiveness of God through Christ for us. And then we turn around and we don't extend it to others. There's a, there's a sense where we don't fully understand or appreciate. Um, it's almost like this. You're telling that person, that that person that murdered your dad, you're saying, even if it's in your heart, if I was God, I wouldn't forgive you. And because of that, I'm gonna suggest that it's caused you a lot of heartache. It's caused you a lot of pain. Because living in a in a willful disobedience never never help never helps us. And I don't believe God looks down at you like hey you're a bad Christian because you won't forgive or you're a bad man because you are hurt because of the loss of your dad. But I do know that when we refuse to forgive it's an indication of a hardness of our own hearts and we're the ones that suffer. So here's what we're going to do. I think we have a... I want you to follow up with any... I'm going to put you on hold. You hear the music. Don't go anywhere. I'll take you the first thing uh, when we come back from the break, okay? If you're listening to Calvary Live, my name is Ed Taylor. I'm the pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Calvary Live, especially on the Grace FM radio network. Glad you joined us. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM, on Truth FM. Uh, Looking forward to um, more stations signing on. Calvary Live, we're glad that you joined us. Give us a call, 303 690 3000. Text us. I am seeing some texts come through. So thank you guys. 720 336 0897. I want to go back and finish this call before any introductory remarks. Chris is calling from Baltimore, and uh, we were talking a little bit about forgiveness, especially in a very challenging situation. Uh, With everything that we shared, uh, that I shared earlier, Chris, do you have any follow up to that?
4: Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess what you're saying, as far as the rebellion part, that's that's the part that I find um, kind of challenging and interesting, uh, because I mean, you're talking about God forgiving us, and I mean, I would think that there's a, there's a, a huge difference in what a, a human is capable of doing versus what God is capable of forgiving.
3: Correct. I, I think you. I I think you. Um set it shorter than I did because there's the human part of forgiveness and then there's the agape part of forgiveness there's the supernatural so you can go only so in my previous answer you can only go so far and you happen to be in a situation that's going to require the supernatural work of God inside of you here's the thing here is here's the here's the thing that's so challenging about forgiveness Forgiveness requires that you be hurt and wronged. The, the need for forgiveness requires that you and I have an injustice done to us, or otherwise forgiveness wouldn't be necessary. And with a injustice, or in your case, a very horrific criminal injustice, it's wrong and unfair and never right, It still brought you to the same place of obedience. Will you forgive in light of the way you've been forgiven? Like you are willing to receive the forgiveness of God and be in right relationship with him, but you're not willing to release this murderer from the debt that he owes you. Now, let's think about it. Let, Let me also add a couple things for you to chew on. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you approve of their behavior. Forgiving someone doesn't mean that you uh, are forgetting it ever happened. Forg- forgiveness doesn't mean that you like what happened or any of the things that, it, that we sometimes equate to forgiveness. What forgiveness is in a very simple, in a very simple definition is that I release you from the debt that you owe me. And I'm not going to hold it against you anymore. And you are definitely in one of the harder, you're in one of the hard, hardest um, places of forgiveness. But if you reduce it down to the Bible commands you to forgive, why won't you forgive? What's your answer, Chris?
4: You know, I don't think I can give an answer. It, 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 it's not. I mean, simply, it's something very difficult to do.
3: Yes. And how many years like, has it been?
4: Uh, i don't do the math. <laughs> Ninety-seven. So what?
3: Twenty-three. Uh, twenty-three. So for twenty-three years, your heart has gotten harder and harder and harder and harder.
4: Well, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. See, because I've, <laughs> the thoughts that I had before are no longer with me. If you, if you kind of get what I'm saying, I, I as, do. Far as and and things along that nature, you know, I I don't have the desire to um,
3: get revenge.
4: Yeah, to get revenge. Yes, but that's different than forgiveness. It and is, that's, and that's what that's so. I'm somewhere in between. Okay, my my heart is not. Hardened, like you're thinking. It in the worst case scenario. Okay. But, yes. But I'm, but I'm nowhere near forgiveness either.
3: Well, uh, I would say that nowhere near forgiveness is another phrase to say my heart is hard toward this man.
4: I, I don't know. I, I think more like, not as you said. It's, it's not the same, but more of a more of a not forgetting
3: well you'll but, never forget so that's that's not yeah, a precondition don't. for forgiveness you'll never forget this the rest of your life
4: yeah
3: um and i know that sometimes we do put some things speaking from a person um unfortunately although uh, i didn't experience what you've experienced great i've experienced great injustice and I've experienced great unfairness that 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 hit me on a very personal level.
4: Not much fun, right? I do yeah. listen to the program.
3: Yes, and so I I understand a few of those feelings where you know you're just mad and you're angry and nobody listens and nobody nobody wants to listen and I just found it was it was disobedient to God. And you know the other piece about this too is sometimes we would think. Um, we see people at the courthouse, right? We we see people at the courthouse that would say, right, even before the trial, we forgive our, we forgive this person. We don't hold it. We hope the best for them. We want them to be saved. And and I always champion that. I read, I see it on the news, and I always champion it. I think, man, um, that that what a great testimony. What that's just that hasn't been me. Um, I'm not that fast, or God's working in me, or I've got some lesson to learn, or I'm just quite rebellious, you know, just speaking for myself. And I think, you know, I think it crossed the line for people listening too. But when, when we live, so let's separate it a little bit from the pain for a second, but when we live in outright rebellion, because you're at a stage now, 23 years later, where you refuse to forgive him, you are withholding your forgiveness from this man. And I'm not saying you don't have your reasons or any of the, I know you have your reasons and I know the pain is deep, but there's no other way to look at this than to come to the conclusion it's been 23 years and, and I'll quote you, I'm nowhere near forgiving him, end quote. That that's just another way of describing your unwillingness, to obey god in forgiving him
4: so okay. let me let me ask you this other question okay so does that mean that i'm not forgiven for my sins because i'm not forgiving him
3: no i don't i listening to you it doesn't sound like that to me it sounds like you have experienced great trauma and you're still living under the weight of the trauma as a believer. Because if, if, you're, if you weren't experiencing the forgiveness of sins, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You, you wouldn't be. See, when I say, so let, let's clarify. I, I appreciate that follow-up question. Let's clarify. I'm not saying you're a bad man. I'm not saying you're a bad believer. I am saying that God has his finger on an area of your life that he's ready to release you. We're talking about releasing someone else. But what God's really wanting to do is release you. He wants you released from this bondage. He wants you to have different thoughts when you think of your dad and what happened to him. He wants you to enter into a brand new relationship with him that's different than you've experienced for the last twenty-three years. He wants you to be free of the weight and the burdens that you've been carrying around. He wants you. I, I can. You can only tell us the difficulty you've experienced. Even if it's been you've just stuffed it down and not dealt with it, like the re- the reality is, God's brought you to a place today where you're ready to take the next step. And I think this phone call is the next step. Like God's going to sow seeds of righteousness in your heart. Um, so no, I think you're forgiven. I don't think you crossed the line as an unbeliever. I think you're a believer. That's coming to the end of a long struggle. That's what it sounds like to me.
4: Um, so what's the, if you can, if you can, uh, define this in a, in a short definition, I guess, yes. what would be the difference between letting go and forgiveness?
3: Well, forgiveness is an act in time. It's a decision. It's a moment in time. The way i like to describe it is, um, are you, um, are you able to clap your hands right now? Okay, clap your hands. Okay, that's forgiveness. You did it and you're done. The the time of healing, restoration, that's a process. And that takes time. But to decide to obey can happen in a moment. There's a great story, let me share it with you, in the book of Luke. Jesus comes to a man with a withered hand. Do you remember that?
4: Uh, I believe so. And he he, he has to trust, trust the, to put it out, and then he heals it, kind of thing. Yeah,
3: yeah. He's he. This guy. Think about this guy for a second. The withered hand. If you and I had a withered hand, don't you think that every day we would wake up saying "hand move," we'd send the signal. Um, we would send the signal down from our brain down our arm to our hand and we would say arm move and and we would um like i would do that every day i think i'd wake up i remember when i moved here to colorado i had this headache that wouldn't go away i literally had a headache for a year and every day every time i'd wake up every time i would um uh if i would think about it i'd go man do i still have the headache yes do i still have the oh. headache? Yes." Did, did it leave yet? No. And, you know, I would, uh, it was always on my mind. So I'm thinking of this guy, uh, this, the, the true story of, a, of the time in Jesus. This is so powerful. In Luke 6.6, 6, um, it says, Now it happened on another Sabbath also that he entered the synagogue and taught. And a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely and whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Now that's interesting because he doesn't have a problem with his wither, with his feet and his arms, I mean his legs. So Jesus actually led him to do something he could do. And he did it. And, it's, and then Jesus says, I'm going to ask you one thing. It's kind of like saying to everyone, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he looked around, he said to the man, excuse me, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the very next phrase says, and he did so. And his hand was restored as whole as the other. And what that tells me is that this is an impossibility. He cannot stretch out his hand. He can't do it. It, he, he, he's probably tried for years. He can't do it. He didn't have the capacity to do this. He didn't have the ability to do this. He, he, he could have said, I'm not going to do this. I can't do this. And it, he would have been accurate. He would have been accurate saying that to Jesus. Of all people, Jesus, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. Stretch out my hand. Are you joking with me? Are you being mean to me? Like, don't you understand how many times I've tried to... He could have had that whole response, but instead, in the instant that Jesus commanded him, it was the instant he had the power to fulfill the commandment. And as it's been wisely said, God's commandments are his enablements. And when you decide to obey, you're gonna be able to obey. And you can do it just like that that's forgiveness. You obey in the moment and letting go and healing and when will I stop crying, even reconciliation. Even if one day you have to face this man in court or you have to go to a, a parole hearing or anything where the wounds are open up, You know, instead of it letting this, this time in your life be a gaping wound, forgiveness starts the healing process. And it's an act act in time, but the process is, I mean, the healing and the letting go. I mean, in a very real way, the way the world talks, you're not gonna let this go. You're not gonna forget about it. You're not gonna be hurt every time you think about it. You're gonna have to learn how to live in forgiveness. And you're gonna have, you know, if clapping You know, and now forever. You know, when you're worshiping at church and they're clapping, it'll remind you of forgiveness. When you're at a football game, it'll remind you of forgiveness. Um, Every time you now, from now on, you'll have something that the Holy Spirit has in your life. It's like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live in forgiveness because I only have one life to live. And what happened to my dad was wrong. What happened to my dad was vicious and wicked and evil. It's hurt me deeply, but I have a life to live. And I need to live it beyond unforgiveness.
4: So, um, as it being a process, and how you're saying it kind of happens, it's a moment, it's not, it's not, uh, so do do you think you can go back and forth in forgiveness? I mean, is that possible? Because you're saying it it happens. I do think think it's possible,
3: yes. I do think you can get angry again. Uh
4: is it possible? It's possible that I'm somewhere in between that. That's. Is that, I'm. I'm not towards the end of, of uh, wanting to do, you know, rapacity and revenge, but it, it, the forgiveness part is.
1: It's, it's very hard.
3: It it is very hard, and I think that it becomes with a purpose in your heart. Like what's needed is for you to purpose in your heart and to do it. And you can do that a lot of ways, right? You can say it out loud to your family and friends, so that way you have accountability. You can write this man a letter. Maybe you can't send it to him because you don't know where he's at, or you can have somebody send it for you because it would just hurt that's you too quite, much.
4: Actually, that's not a problem. I actually work in the judicial system.
3: So, <laughs> so yeah. you, you, know, you could write him a letter just so you have something tangible that says, no, and if the, because, because I think you you ask another great follow up question. Sometimes the enemy of our souls and our own minds betray us and lie to us. And again, with so something so atrocious, how can you how can you not visit the graveside of your precious dad and not think of all the things that got him there? It's go, you are going to live with this the rest of your life. The question is this: How do you want to live with this the rest of your life? You have, you know, uh, again, you have, there's a lot of things surrounding the loss of your dad that you didn't control and that you can't control. However, how you respond to the death of your dad, you can control. And you want to do, you want to control, you want to make wise decisions in the things that you have control over. Otherwise, it you just will be living at a lower level of what God really desires for you, because it's at, and and here's the painful thing. This is hard. So, are you? Can I share something hard with you? Absolutely. The whole conversation we're having right now is actually not about that guy at all. It's about you.
4: Right. Well, so, I, I, that's, that's not so deep. I, I do like the, the clapping of the hands. How you kind of that's that's a great reminder. Uh, but actually, yeah, I, I do realize that it's about me, it's not about
3: him. And sometimes the people that hurt us, they get way more attention than we get. We should be giving them, because really, God's working on us. And and I know revenge and getting even, but you know, the Bible's filled with that. Justice is mine, sayeth the Lord. Vengeance is mine, sayeth the Lord. Um, you know, you look at how many times David, um, he could have taken things into his own hands about how he was treated by Saul, but he didn't. He trusted God with it, and so it's also a faith issue where God has allowed a very horrific tragedy into your life, very painful one, and now, just like you said, he's bringing you to the place of forgiveness. So here's what I would suggest, and anyone listening in, email me, because a lot of what I shared with you, uh, we have resources on forgiveness and bitterness that will really help you, that you can spend some time praying on them, chewing on them, Um, that good news about the bad news about pain and injustice is that we've all faced it some more than others. The good news is there's, there's a lot of great resources that have come from facing injustice. And, um, I've got a lot If you email me, I can respond to it with a bunch of links with things that are free book recommendations that would just sow seeds of hope into your heart.
4: Okay i so probably take you up
3: on that. All right. My email is ed. I, I, I
4: got it. I okay, you it.
3: got it. So let me pray for you.
4: Thank you very much, Ed.
3: Father, thank you for this phone call. I thank you for our friends on the East Coast and just being able to be a part of their lives. I pray for Chris, God, as he wrestles with the reality of this great hurt in his life. I pray for his grieving and his mourning and, and just everything about him. Lord, you love him. You've got great plans for him. And so I pray in our conversation uh, today, that you would use it greatly in his life, in all of our lives that have faced pain and suffering. In Jesus' name.
4: And Amen. I, all right, thank bro. you very much. And as, uh, as, as I'm sure many other people think, it's great to have a radio program where people can call in and, and get answers.
3: Amen. Very grateful to be on out there. Thanks, Chris.
4: Thank you, Pastor.
3: All right. Bye-bye. Well, I think we spent some time on this on purpose, you know, because forgiveness and unforgiveness is a big deal. Um, It may not be um, as challenging as Chris going through, but I know there's some families in our church um, that have faced the murder of their loved one. Um, I know uh, one family in particular, they've never caught the man. And I know a recent family, uh, big news here in Denver, um, a precious young woman there was actually a young woman and her brother, her boyfriend walking their dog over by Coors Field and uh, the guy I don't know, he's upset about a barking dog or something and shot them right from his apartment, his uh, street level apartment and this precious gal that probably was 21, 22 was murdered in cold blood and um, her grandparents are part of our fellowship We've been praying for them and walking with them, and they're gonna have to go through the pain of the trial and um uh, I you know, I don't have words, I only have the words of the Lord, I mean, even in talking with Chris, I don't have words um our our pain wasn't that bad, like it wasn't that demonstrative, but man, it's still real like so so it's still injustice and unfairness and it's horrible. And if we hold on to it, then it becomes bitterness and it becomes a root of bitterness and it becomes like we're stuck in time. And it interrupts our faith relationship. It interrupts our relationship with the Lord. It interrupts our ability to serve others. And so here's my email address. Everybody listening in, if you email me, just tell me you want the forgiveness info, I'll send you a bunch of information. Some of it's free, you can print out. Some of it books you have to buy. You can email me at ed at edtaylor.org. It has to be .org. Ed at E-D-T-A-Y-L-O-R dot And just say you were listening to the show and uh, you want the information on forgiveness and I will send it to you. Um, so before we get to back to the phone lines, we have prayer for Holly, drastic medical issues, doctors can't figure it out, prayer for a son who has severe anxiety, and prayer for healing of ears, and prayer of cancer. So Father, I want to lift up these prayer requests for the son who suffers from severe anxiety. I wanna pray for the, per, the, the woman that has breast cancer in her right breast. I wanna pray for Teresa, who is asking for healing in her ears. I wanna lift up to you Holly, uh, who's going through really drastic medical issues right now. We pray, God, that you would meet their needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus, that you would bring healing into their lives either medically or supernaturally or even a combination of the two. And I pray for those that are praying for them, whether they bring their own requests or they're standing in the gap for others. I pray, God, that you would touch them and heal them, minister to them and strengthen them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines uh, and we're going to pick up here with Bianca Bianca, welcome to the program.
2: (coughs) Hello, Pastor Ed. Hi. I'll be really quick because I know we're running out of time, but... Yes, we are. I do have a praise report and a prayer request. I know I shared with you this in person last Wednesday, but... I have a huge heart for Ukraine, as I'm sure you know by now. And my praise report is that the Lord really put on my heart that I'm to be an intercessor specifically for Ukraine. Yes. And my prayer request is that if it's the lord's will because i know the rapture's coming up soon perhaps even today i mean i'm hoping for it but but my prayer request is that if it's the lord's will that i go i have a specific vision for ukraine and that is, I'd like to travel all over Ukraine and just host prayer and worship meetings in key places.
3: Well, let me pray for you because we're actually we are coming up uh,
2: on the yeah. music. So
3: Father, I pray for our sister Bianca and we're thankful for the burden that you've placed upon her heart and her life. Uh, I pray God that you would bring about that fruitfulness from her ministry. Thank you for showing her, God, the power of her prayers, uh, the the power of her uh, intercession, and Lord, I'm just so grateful that you have been a strength to her. And the 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 endurance and perseverance that we've seen in Bianca's life is incredible to us and encouraging to us. So we pray for endurance and perseverance through this new season of ministry that you've called her to. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. See you tonight.
3: Okay, Bianca. Bye-bye. All right, let's go real quick here to Ashley. Ashley, uh, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, I'm here.
3: So your question was, is it okay to cremate? Yes. Yes, it is okay.
2: Okay, because I was just thinking about that, and I know you're out of time, but... Just wanted
3: to make sure that was okay. If you email me, I can send you a larger answer. But it is okay, and uh, there there is no biblical prohibition against um, how to handle the body after death.
2: Okay, I will email you. Okay. Cause okay. I got your
3: email. Yep i'll send you I'll send you an article that should answer most of your questions. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Ashley. Bye bye. All right, we're back in the—we're we're starting a brand-new Book of the Bible tonight, Church, and a church near, church far. If you want to be here, we're in person. We do have a few of the guidelines in place, restrictions in place. We want you to RSVP, so please do that online. Um, we, we are wearing masks during the service, uh, and I know it's different, but it's good. Um, we're able to live in such a way we're above reproach. Um, and we're looking forward little by little to ease the restrictions. So all the information is available on our website, calvaryco.church. Um, but but you gotta come out. I know it's different, but you'll get used to it. And just right when we're getting used to it, then the Lord's gonna take it away. And and that's what first Peter is all about. Like, like the first Peter's like adapt to the situation by trusting in the Lord. Adapt to the situation by trusting in the Lord. Isn't that a great word? And, um, and so we'll see you tonight, 7 o'clock, calvaryco.church. Come on out. We'd love to have you. First Peter.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.